Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, before we get started, though, how was your weekend, man? Did uh, you guys get any of that snow that came down Saturday night and was gone by basically, you know, 9 a.m. on Sunday? We didn't. I'm, I'm a little bit further south than than definitely than you. Um, so I'm in Holly Springs. So, um, no, we didn't get anything. I don't even I guess maybe we got rain. I don't know. Um, but I don't remember anything. What about you? Did you get anything? Yeah, we got a little bit over where I'm at in Orange County, and then I was actually over at South Point Mall, and it was coming down pretty heavy at the mall area, actually. It was kind of funny to see, but, I mean, it was gone. You know, it's just weird weather in North Carolina this time of year for whatever reason. Yeah, it's it's really strange as far as, you know, we have great – we're actually going to have some great temperatures um, later on this week. Wow, we always talk about the weather when we get on the podcast. <laughs> I know. It's, is that know, the only thing going on in our lives, or is that what it's come to? I mean, there's really not a whole lot else going on in the world of sports. I mean, I guess we could talk like NBA basketball, but I don't really watch that. So <laughs> I don't. I don't either. And the only time I watch, and I probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but the only time I really watch college basketball is during the tournament. To be completely honest, I might watch some of the ACC tournament, but. I don't really get into it until the uh, the NCAA tournament. To be honest, yeah, that's all right. So, you're 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 a football guy. I think the the listeners will forgive you for that, man. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> and but, and um, I mean, I have my other passions too. You know, I'm a big hockey fan, particularly the Flyers, and you know, and baseball also. So you know, uh, see, and I've just never gotten into hockey, unfortunately. So I guess yeah, we'll just not, stick to talking about another sport. So I get no, that. I was I was raised up north, so you know, that's what yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I guess then uh, we'll just keep on talking about the weather, like a couple of just old timers <laughs> at, at the local bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. But yeah, man. But actually, we do have some football news to, to talk about as well, because uh, this past Saturday was the junior day. So this yes. would be for the now these were the next year's seniors. Right. So these are the actual class of 19 guys who, who were yes. there. On yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is actually the second junior day that North Carolina has hosted. They hosted one at the end of January, just before signing the previous class, the 2019 class, which is kind of funny, but that's just how the recruiting cycle is going nowadays. And that ended up, that was probably the bigger one, but there were still a lot of big time recruits this past Saturday in Chapel Hill. The majority of the guys are 2019 guys, but there were some really impressive uh, 2020 recruits that are on campus also. Who were some of those bigger names out of the 2019 class that were in Chapel Hill then? Well, the biggest name, well, I guess there's a handful of guys that really I thought were good to get on campus. Shaheem Battle is a guy that, that North Carolina, and we have a story up on him that he kind of explains his entire situation. But just to kind of give a brief summary, he's a guy who he grew up a UNC fan, really liked North Carolina, made a bunch of visits to Chapel Hill the past few years. And then he just started to blow up this offseason. And UNC was one of the schools to offer him. But even though they offered, because of the, the turnover on the staff, communication between between North Carolina and uh, Shaheen Battle kind of dropped off. And he's a cornerback. Well, he's a cornerback or safety is a tall cornerback. He's like a 6'2", a legit 6'2", cornerback from Rocky Mount, which for those who go way back to uh, Mike Mason, North Carolina signed uh, Mike Mason out of this, that same high school. 
Um, but uh, it, you know, Rocky Mouse produced a couple guys in between. Sherrod Green, who ended up signing with South Carolina, North Carolina, recruited him a little bit. But anyway, so it was important to get him back on campus because, as I mentioned, UNC and Battle, the communication lines were, you know, there were some issues there. And he's still getting to know some of the new coaches, particularly as his, at his position and also his area recruiter. So it was important to get him on campus. There's some other guys, too, like Patrick Garwo is a running back out of Pennsylvania that UNC is pretty high on. CJ Johnson is a receiver who's from Conley High School in Greenville, North Carolina. He's a guy who's already has it down to three schools. North Carolina is one of them. So whenever you can get a kid like that back on campus, it's it's important because he's ready to pop at any point as far as make a decision. So it's good to see him on campus. I guess those are, those are the main guys from the 2019 class. There were a couple guys that walked away with scholarship offers. Uh, Jordan Houston, a running back out of um, Virginia. Linebacker Cameron Blunt is um, from uh, from out of Maryland. Is another guy who who left with a scholarship offer. Uh, and there was there was actually a receiver from um, Butler High School in North Carolina who uh, left with a with a scholarship offer. So so yeah, so a lot of um, it, it wasn't as big from a quality standpoint as the January Junior Day, but it still was uh, you know UNC was still was able to get a bunch of guys on campus that are on the board. So it's a pretty good pretty good turnout. Now, a couple of the 2020 names that stood out to me, according to the 247 composite rankings, UNC actually had a couple of, of five-star guys. One of them was Mitchell Mays out of Raleigh. I think that's Sanderson High School, right? Mm-hmm. The, the offensive yes. line? Yes, um, yes. They also had, out of Virginia, Antoine Sampa. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. Okay. So, you know, I think it was a big deal to get some of those higher ranked 2020 kids on campus as well this past weekend. Yeah, and and just just to kind of clarify, yeah, they are definitely ranked as five stars right now, but the rankings haven't really settled themselves yet. So, so I mean, some of these guys might end up being five stars, but as they settle themselves and as uh, new recruits start to kind of become evaluated and ranked and and become discovered, particularly this season and in camps this this summer, the rankings will kind of shift, and some of these guys might not end up being five stars. And that's kind of one of the unfortunate things about doing a ranking so early is that if you're ranked pretty high, if you're a five-star guy, the only direction you have to go is down, and it usually makes people um, a little upset, the, the recruit themselves, their family, their coaches, but also fans who might be um, – in the running for for that particular recruit, but anyway, yeah, I don't want to you know make it sound like it wasn't a great thing to get those guys on campus because I think they're going to both of them that you mentioned are going to be national recruits. Um, Sampa has a really impressive uh, scholarship offer list even this early. North Carolina was actually the first to offer him. They spotted him, I believe it was during uh, Kyrie Campbell's recruitment. But North Carolina has a great relationship with uh, Woodbridge High School over there and has recruited a lot of guys out of that school. But the only one they really signed was Kyrie, and he never ended up enrolling because of academic issues. But you know, getting that crew back on campus, it wasn't just Sampa. It was a couple of other guys from uh, a couple other teammates that are, that are legit recruits is important. Mitchell Mays is a guy that uh, is just down the road, as you mentioned, in Raleigh. And uh, he actually is a former teammate of uh, Aline McNeil, for those who remember last class, UNC was in a pretty heated recruiting battle for McNeil and, and, and kind of fell off towards the end for him. He ended up signing with NC State. So uh, getting in on Mays is, is important. 
And it, the, the interesting thing is, is that I got actually got some photos and, and watched him a little bit in practice last, I guess it was last August, and his coach actually pointed him out to me. At that point, he didn't have any offers, but uh, you could tell, you know, good-looking kid, good size, moves really well. I was interested to see how he would do this past season. He ended up having a good season and resulted in a couple offers, including one from North Carolina. And you mentioned his size, and as a rising junior, I mean, he's listed in his profile as 6'5", 295. So he is definitely a bigger kid from what little that you have seen, because I know, Don, you're primarily focused on the current recruiting class. How does he look, though, athletically? Like, Do you think he will end up being one of those nationally ranked or even not national, but maybe a very, you know, a hotly contested regional type of, of recruit? Yeah, I definitely I def- definitely anticipate that. I'm actually really eager to see how he looks in some of these camps coming up, the showcase camps and and even um, the college camps. Hopefully he comes to a North Carolina camp, maybe even the freak show uh, to kind of, you know, be able to kind of size him up a little bit better and, and get a better look at his athleticism. But from the sneak peek that I received, he definitely is a kid who has the potential to be at least a regional recruit, if not national. Well, that's good to hear, and I think it's important for Carolina to still go after these highly ranked in-state guys, even if there may be you know, a, a battle looming with NC State and with his teammate there. You know, Carolina's just got to at least try for these guys, in my opinion. But we'll go ahead and take our commercial break now, Don. When we come back, we are going to be discussing the mock class that you posted on the Tarpit Premium Message Board. Just do a quick review of that. And then we'll also be talking about some of the offensive recruits for the 2019 class. We broke down the defensive guys a couple weeks ago. And so we'll just be hitting the offensive guys kind of briefly during the next part of this podcast. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back after this. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. And welcome back to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, as we mentioned before we went to break, we are going to be discussing the mock class 1.0 that you posted on the Tar Pit Premium message board and also talking about some of the offensive recruits for this 2019 class. But starting with the mock class that you posted, um, some interesting names on there, some interesting omissions. And let's actually start there because I want to hear your thoughts on why Coffrey Brown was not listed because I was pretty confident going into this season that he would commit to Carolina and honestly that he would he might even commit early. Well, I, I've never felt like he was going to commit early, but I, I was I'm in agreement with you as far as the fact that North Carolina felt like that was going to be his path and it might end up being his path. Um, and for those who don't know his background, Chaffrey is actually the younger brother of Diami, and they're not just brothers. And a lot of brothers want to play together, but they they're really very very close. They made a lot of visits together. You know, they're just kind of you know inseparable duo, I guess you could say. Now, even with that said, Chaffrey wants to kind of take a little bit different approach with his recruitment. He wants to 
you know, take his time, was to take a bunch of visits, all that sort of stuff. Whereas Diami was, he was winding it down about this time last year. I mean, I think he had at least a top five and, and wanted to take a couple of, of springtime visits or spring break visits and then make a decision. That's what he ended up doing with North Carolina. But to answer your question, the reason why he wasn't included is from talking to multiple sources, there's some some stuff going on with Choffrey that needs to be worked out in order for him to end up at North Carolina. I'm talking about academically and then some stuff at school. It's not a situation where Choffrey doesn't want to come to North Carolina. It's not a situation North Carolina doesn't want him. North Carolina absolutely loves a kid from a talent standpoint. And they love him as, as, as a person too. But um, he has some stuff he needs to work on off the field before North Carolina can even think about taking him. At this stage, I thought about including him just in case. But um, I did, you know, I know North Carolina is also really, really high on, on Raekwon Anderson. He actually was supposed to attend the junior day that we spoke about before the break. Uh, but he didn't. He had a, a situation with his, with his transportation. His grandmother was going to drive him and... Um, they got a little bit scared off by the snow that we referenced early on in the in the podcast. <laughs> nice. Well, and looking over the the rest of the guys here, just to touch on one thing real quick, you only have Carolina projected, uh, according to the Don Callahan expert take here, to <laughs> oh land two four star guys out of I think you only have what maybe thirteen guys listed right now. I think it's sixteen. Oh. 16. Okay, I was off by a couple, but still, only two of those are four stars according to the 247 Sports Composite Ranking, and they're both defensive tackles. C.J. Clark out of North Stanley High School, and then Joshua Harris up there at in-person high school. So, you know, we can talk about those two guys, but just from looking at it as a whole, Don, if Carolina really only has two four stars in this class— I don't know. From a personal standpoint, I think that would be a little bit disappointing. Yeah, and and the thing to keep in mind is that this is the mock class from March, and we have well, almost a year, basically, before the class actually gets signed. There's a lot of things that are going to happen. When I'm doing this, I'm trying to, to make the best guess as if signing day were today, and yeah. I, I, I try to stick with that. Um, it's not... There's a couple of times where I kind of break that rule. But for the most part, I do try to stick to that that uh, that rule of thumb. And when you're doing that, there's a lot of guys who have yet to visit campus yet, who are going to visit campus that's going to change things. There's going to be visits in the summer from four-star guys who are going to completely change their recruitment. And so I wouldn't – you know, I know in the message boards there was a whole lot of, you know, complaining about this and that and – and people kind of looking at it and, and thinking that this was going to be the final product. No, this is how things stand today. And in mock class 2.0, I'm sure things are going to be really different. And, and the thing, too, is is that I'm going to be wrong. I mean, I, 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 I really appreciate the fact that a lot of people look at my stuff and think that I'm going to bat 1,000. I'm not batting 1,000. You know, there, and there's things – I mean, I'm trying to predict – 17, 18-year-old kids, there's so many things that are going to change with all of that. The visits are going to change things. Just kind of look at it as a reference point as far as you know, where North Carolina is at right now. You know, There's a reason why we do multiple additions. I think we did – I don't know if we did 10 last year, but we came close to doing 10, I think. I think we did nine last year. I'd have to go nine. back and look. Yeah. Nine, okay. So 
so yeah, so there's going to be multiple additions and they're all going to be different. But to talk about CJ Clark and Joshua Harris, this is this is a little bit of I guess a little bit of a, a tidbit that I found really interesting is that they have by fate have been making a lot of the same visits recently or I guess the last few months they have been. And through that they've become pretty close friends. Um now they live I don't want to say far apart, but they live uh, um a few hours apart, one in person, which is in your backyard, and the other in um, North Stanley High School, which is in, in New London. But they definitely compare recruiting notes, and I could definitely see a scenario where they end up coming to North Carolina together. Both of them – now, CJ actually has like a – I guess you could say a hard set favorites list. He's a top four. But from what I'm hearing from multiple sources, both close to CJ and, and both close to uh, UNC – is that North Carolina is a team in the driver's seat right now, and they're trending upward. So if things continue that way, then then you know I I wouldn't be surprised if he commits in in a few months or so. Now Joshua Harris is a little bit different because he doesn't want to name favorites. He's really kind of taking his time with the process. Um, but from what I'm hearing, he does have kind of a private list of favorites and. Um, North Carolina is definitely in that, and North Carolina is a school that really has made some progress with him this uh, this offseason. I would not have put – speaking of – this is a good example for what I just talked about, my, my, my uh, soapbox moment there about the mock class. If I would have done this mock class you know, as late as uh, – or as recent as December, I could say honestly that I would not have had Joshua Harris in there. So um, that's just – shows just how how things can change in just a matter of months but yeah i mean i i wouldn't get too worried about what it says there and some of these rankings are going to change too yeah and that, that that's important to keep in mind i mean you know some of these guys who are three stars are going to be four stars so i wouldn't look too hard at that real quick dawn in 30 seconds should i pretty much not hold my breath on the Kaveris crouch recruitment as far as unc is concerned as unless something unforeseen occurs, I don't think North Carolina has a chance now that Gunnar Brewer is out of the picture because he had such a good relationship. Gunnar Brewer is doing a great job of keeping UNC in there, and UNC probably wouldn't even have gotten him with Gunnar Brewer. But um, I, I think right now, unless something changes and something, you know, something could change, unless something changes, Crouch is going to go somewhere else. And then to wrap up the talk on Mott Class 1.0, Don. And this will lead us into the talk about the offensive guys as well. The quarterback that Carolina is, I think, prioritizing in this class, Sam Howell. You did have him on the Mott Class 1.0, and he's also a four-star guy now. So you can add him to C.J. Clark and Joshua Harris. I just completely overlooked him earlier as another four-star guy that you have projected to the Tar Heels. Talk to us about why you think Howell will end up selecting Carolina, how his recruitment's going, and is he really the number one quarterback target in this class? The number one target question is is, is kind of hard to answer. I think that if North Carolina could land any of the quarterbacks in the nation, they would want Howell not only because he's one of their top targets, but because he's an in-state guy, and that has... Uh, pretty good optics, uh, but he's right now he, UNC would love to have either Sam Howe or Max Duggan. So yeah, so those are their top two. They they also have an interest in a quarterback that we ran a story on, John Plumley, 
we ran a story on uh, last week that uh, he has an interesting situation. Um, North Carolina is still evaluating him, but he's such a good athlete that UNC went ahead and offered him. But before they can actually offer him as a quarterback, and I know this stuff is kind of confusing and doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but before they can actually offer him as a quarterback, Coach Hackendorf went to go see him throw in person. The story that we wrote last week covers all that and kind of breaks it down a little bit better than what I just did in that short little bit. And then also North Carolina had a quarterback from Ohio, Connor Baslick, visit on Friday, and he left with a scholarship offer. So now he's kind of in the race a little bit. We have a story coming out on him later on this week. I advise everyone to kind of check out. So those are the four that I would focus on. Those are the four UNC would love to get a commitment from. But I think that you know things are really, really tight between the evaluations of those four. But you always break the tie with a guy who's in-state, particularly one. I mean, Howe's going to be the best quarterback in-state for this class, hands down. And so if you can land a guy like that, that's, that's, that looks really, really good. And, and do you think that Carolina is trending upwards in his recruitment? I don't know if I would say trending upwards. He was one of the ones where I didn't feel confident in picking anything. If you were to ask me where do I, and I, I get asked this, I actually got asked this earlier today by um, another writer, and they asked me where I thought that uh, Sam Howe was, was going to end up committing to. And I said, you know, I don't, I'm not saying this with any level of confidence, but if you put a gun to my head and said, where's he going? I'm going to say North Carolina, just because it's a school that he has the best relationship with its coaches. He's most familiar with. He took a ton of visits to North Carolina during his freshman and sophomore seasons. And he, he likes the idea of playing for his home state school. So that's why I would say North Carolina, but I could see him, I can see him going to Clemson, although the Clemson's biggest hurdle is is their quarterback situation. I can see him going to Tennessee. He seems to really like it there. There's some other schools like Florida, Florida State that he wants to visit. He hasn't visited yet, so you got to watch out for, for them. Ohio State's in the picture, too. Uh, West Virginia is a school that he really likes their offense. He visited there a couple weeks ago, so they're a factor. So there's a lot of different things. And on top of all that, Sam is one of the most calmest, collected kids you'll ever kind of talk to. And it translates to the football field, which is great for a quarterback. But when you're trying to get a read on him, I wasn't able to. I mean, I feel like I, I, he's a kid I don't want to play poker with because uh, he's just so calm, collected, and just doesn't give you any sort of tells whatsoever. Then turning to the rest of the offense, Don. so we touched on Sam Howell. Who are some of the other big-time offensive prospects? We, we did also talk about Coffrey Brown. Who else is in this recruiting class that you're keeping your eye on as far as the offensive side is concerned? Well, there's actually, you know, North Carolina only wants to sign one running back in this class. And there's actually a group of guys that they like that they've actually, a lot of them they've been able to get on campus. And we, we ran a story on one on Monday and Josh Henderson is a guy that UNC is really high on. We're going to run a story later on the week on Patrick Garwo, who a, a Pennsylvania running back who uh, attended the, the, the junior day. There's another Pennsylvania running back, Aaron Young, who uh, visited on Friday. That's another guy that I would keep an eye on. Uh, Cedric Bird is a kid from Alabama, a running back from Alabama, who, um, you know, North Carolina doesn't really have a whole lot of success pulling big-time players out of um, the state of Alabama. But uh, he has an interesting sort of connection with the staff. One of his assistant coaches actually was coached by Mike Eckler. And that, that connection seems to really kind of be um, a good thing for, 
for UNC as far as recruiting Shedrick and then also recruiting his his uh, teammate linebacker Will Connor. So that's for the running back position. From um, wide receiver, you mentioned Chaffrey Brown. There's Donovan Green who actually committed to Duke, but I feel like North Carolina is still in it. I mentioned C.J. Johnson, another in-state wide receiver who who attended the uh, ju- the junior day on Saturday. And so those are the main ones. Tight end, it's going to be interesting. North Carolina has, I guess, uh, maybe like a half a dozen tight ends that they're talking to. Only one of them has actually visited campus. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see who does visit campus and what direction things kind of go. A lot of them are open to North Carolina, want to visit. But this is a situation, this is what makes the mock draft so hard to do this early on. And I end up going with with uh, Nick Gallo, who was the, the lone tight end that North Carolina has zeroed in on to actually visit, but I could have gone with a, in a couple of different directions, but I just felt safer with going with a kid who already visited. Yeah. That's just the situation I'm dealing with when I make these mock class decisions. We'll finish off the podcast on with talking about the offensive line, because do you see Carolina signing as many offensive linemen in this class as they did last year? Or do you think that because there are so many freshmen, sophomores on the roster right now that Carolina may take it a little bit easy when it comes to the offensive linemen? Well, the offensive line is an interesting position because it's rare, you know, considering that, that you, you're starting five you know, every game, it's mm-hmm. rare that you don't have some sort of um, you know, attrition. And right now, North Carolina is projected to have none following the, the 2018 season. And yes, you know, there's going to be some unexpected stuff. But you don't know if that's coming in the interior, at center, or at tackle. Um, so with all that said, technically, North Carolina doesn't have to sign any offensive linemen. But because you just can't go a class without signing you know, at least a couple offensive linemen, UNC is targeting two tackles is what, what, what their, their goal is, to sign two tackles. Right now, and this goes another dilemma I had with the mock class, there wasn't a whole lot of guys that I felt like North Carolina has a really good chance with that doesn't that that's going to change in the future. You know, guys are going to take visits. And another situation where, you know, I went with a guy who actually took a visit on the mock class, Jake Hornibrook, a lineman from Pennsylvania. And then with the other spot, I had to go with a guy who didn't visit. But um, you know, there's definitely a pool of guys that UNC is talking to who they like a lot. And it's just where things end up happening. It's going to depend on on who visits, who likes their visit, and just how the the relationships kind of progress. Thanks for the information, Don. For those who want to read the full breakdown for the 2019 recruiting class, as well as the full Mott Class 1.0 that Don put out, head over to the InsideCarolina.com Tar Pit Premium Message Board. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.